Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Bear Den. My name is Matt Workman. That man over there is Joe Goodman. Joe, how are you doing this afternoon? I am. I am doing well. Suffering a bit from, uh, I think, us from the the our daily podcast curse, which was recording the day before last week. Realignment yeah. news went crazy, and we may. We, this is it's a Monday afternoon. We're recording right now, and. It's it's highly likely that that we're doing it once again, recording the day before. Odds are news will probably break tomorrow or Wednesday or something like that. But so, yeah, let's uh, do you want to just like jump into it? Yeah, let's talk. Let us talk the realignment news. We've had a week of of craziness. And once again, of Joe Goodman being wrong. Uh, if, If you guys remember, if you listen to our our pod after big 12 media days a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was of the mind of like, yeah, we're not going to hear anything anytime soon. And the pack's probably going to stay together through at least this football season. And maybe we won't hear anything until like January. Yeah. I was dead wrong again. Yeah. From- Matt, what tell the people if you're, if you're, if you're yes. listening to this, you're probably already aware, but let's just say you woke up from a coma. What happened last week, Matt? Yeah. So breaking news from last Wednesday, um, the University of Colorado has left the Pac-12. And is, is it the University of Colorado or is it Colorado I University? I think it's University of Colorado. Which one is it? Are they a weird one like OU? Which like they're OU, but it's the University of Oklahoma. Let's see. I think it's. I, th- I mean, Googling they call Googling themselves. You know, they call it like CU, but I think it's University of Colorado. Yeah, it's yeah. You were correct because it it is CU. But it's the University of Colorado Boulder. 
Yeah. So just like, you know, University of Texas at Austin, it's the it's it's UC Boulder. So, yeah. But yeah, their logo is still CU. So, yeah, they do have the they do have the OU thing going on here. So really, you can't blame like recruits from saying University of Baylor because the the nomenclature is all over the place for the universities. How they're yeah, I don't get mad. People get mad about I that. I don't, don't get mad about care. it either because it's fine. They'll learn. They'll learn. Yeah. Anyway, Colorado had a, a board of regents meeting, I guess, on Wednesday. Pete Thamel broke the news, or that's who I saw it from first. That they're in discussions of rejoining the Big Twelve. They had a second board meeting on Thursday to which unanimously voted to rejoin the Big 12. Prior to that, the presidents at the Big 12 met, and they pretty much unanimously voted to approve membership to Colorado. So they are coming back to the Big 12, as which they are like a founding member of the conference. So, Yeah, they spent what? What did they spend, what, 15 years, I think? As a member of the well, Big Twelve, yeah. So from ninety six to, to two thousand eleven, two thousand, yeah, it was the two thousand eleven season. Yeah, yeah, it was so, the first yeah. season. They spent more time in the Big Twelve than they did in the pack, the pack twelve ten, whatever it was yeah. called. Yeah, for sure. And they's, uh, I was listening to the ten twelve podcast, and they were saying he had the Colorado guy on, and they said a lot of Colorado fans they're more nostalgic from like. Colorado, Kansas, or Colorado, Kansas State, or Colorado, Oklahoma State, considering the time in the Big Eight prior to right, yeah, I mean the they played Iowa State, State, all those yeah, schools for so a long time. They never think about the history of Colorado; they think about these matchups more so than anything they've done in the Pac-12 over the last you know decade or so. Yes, absolutely. It's and it's a it's a fun time to bring a school like this back. I think. Over the last few years, we've heard a lot of Big 12 fans pine for the four corner schools, as they're called, which are Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State. Yeah. And I think Colorado's always kind of been at the top of that list of like, hey, this, you know, if we're going to make this conference whole again, let's let's go. Let's go back and get something that we lost. Um, But let's let's be real here. Colorado hasn't been the, you know, a shining gem of a football program or really an athletic department since they left the big 12 and they re- they really weren't at the end of their tenure in the big 12. Um, but the, if you're going to pick a time to bring Colorado back into the fold, doing it right after they've brought in Dion Sanders, they had their spring game on big boy ESPN. They, you know, yeah. they are the talk of the college football world. Um, and they have been for a long time uh, over the last few months since they brought Dion Sanders in. So, there's, there hasn't really been a better time to really I've never be associated seen, with. I've with never the seen a one in eleven team get as much like publication as Colorado has this offseason. Now, Dion's a big part of that. He's a you know he's bigger than life itself with his like whole personality and his whole like what he brings with him. But um, yeah, and I thought it was funny because whenever he was hired, you know. Pac-12 didn't have a media deal, as they still don't, um, as of July 31st. Um, one of the things he said was, like, he brings the, – the, the hiring of Dion brings the conference value. And he's on the record, the commissioner of the Pac-12, George Klevkov, on the record saying that. And now you don't have that, which I don't know how true that statement is in, in all actuality, but to, to lose – something that you are 
championing as bringing your conference value has to be pretty hurtful to the conference itself. Because like you said, Colorado doesn't like, it's not like they're USC or Texas or OU, you know, but they are because of Dion, they do bring something to the conference. Well, and they're a flagship state school. I mean, they're yes. the biggest, they're, they're the biggest brand out of the state of Colorado, which is one of the fastest growing states in the country. Um, and, but let's, let's take a step back and re, be real about this here. I mean, Jason Shear, the two four seven writer who covers Arizona um, and the PAC 12 in general, uh, he's kind of been the, the one PAC 12 writer who's been, I mean, if we're going to say sides here, that's been on the big 12 side of all of this since, the USC UCA LA announcement and then the whole, you know, like who's going to come out on top as, as number three or number four, depending on where you put the ACC um, who's going to come out between the big 12 and the PAC 12, because it's kind of been this, this game of chicken between the two conferences for about a year now, as we both compete for television deals and eyeballs and schools. And who's going to be the one that dies. Is it easy? Is either of us going to die? Who's going to expand the most? Um, and Jason Shear, after the Colorado news came down that night on Twitter, he said, wait until tomorrow when you see all the Pac-12 shills start trying to spin this as it's not a big, big loss. And we saw that. We saw the John Canzanos, the um, Tony Altamores, the um, John Wilners of the world out there basically saying, well, you know, hey, a San Diego state basically is it, it, you replace Colorado with San Diego state, you're whole. You know, it, it's not that big of a loss. And my question was, like, you had San Diego State sitting there. They had they had informed their conference. They were they were going to leave. They were waiting for that invite, and you didn't give it to them. So if they really were worth that much, why didn't you invite them over? So that's point number one. Point number two, Colorado coming to the Big 12 has nothing to do, like the benefit here for this conference has nothing to do with the value that they bring, and it has nothing to do with the competitiveness that they have on the football field. Don't let anybody try to tell you that Colorado is some big grand TV thing for the Big 12. They're not. They might be someday. Not today. They they haven't proven it on the field either. So, I don't know. Dion may turn them into a national powerhouse. He might not. We don't know. Maybe he's only there for two years, and then he leaves and goes to a bigger name program. We don't know what's going to happen. What does matter here is the perception of stability. And what has been happening is the Big 12 signed a TV deal. They went a year early, and they cut the Pac-12 in line. And they've really, really hurt the Pac-12 in that because they took away a deal that the Pac-12 probably could have had if they had acted quicker. So right now, with this game of chicken, this game of a staring contest that's been happening between the Big 12 and the Pac-12, the Pac blinked first. That's what happened. A, a school that was currently in the Pacific Conference, whatever number you want to throw behind them right now, said, we think we will be more stable, we will be more viable in the future, and it will be a better home for us if we leave the Pac and come to the Big 12. It's the first time that the Big 12 has been the hunter from another Power 5 conference. We've brought in AAC schools. We brought in TCU from the Mountain West. We threw uh, West Virginia a lifeline after the Big East fell apart. But we've never really been the grand hunters in college football when it comes to realignment. And this is the first time where we're showing that. So what that does is it shifts that stability conversation for everybody else that exists in the pack because one of their groups said, hey, guys, sorry, whatever it is that you guys got gone, going on over here, it's not going to be as good as what's going on over there. That may tr that may prove false. We don't know. We don't know what the what 10 years from now things are going to look like. We don't know what's going to happen to the Pac-12 tomorrow or the day after or three weeks from now. But what we do know is that somebody that was in that group 
said, we think the Big 12 looks better than the Pac-12, and they jump ship. That's what matters in all of this. It doesn't matter with the value. It doesn't matter with on-field performance. It's all about perception of long-term stability, and the Big 12 just did a huge flex by adding a school from the Pac. Yeah, and the I think the school president or AD, when they were talking about it, after it was all said and done, when it was official, they that's what they said. Um, like Rick George, I think, was the AD. He said a million times that he mentioned stability. Yeah. And he said Fox and ESPN is who we want to be in business with. You know, and they don't, I, I they don't want to be on a stream. They, they want to be pretty on. clear that. in those conversations that Colorado's preference, honestly, would have been to stay put. Because this stuff isn't easy. You, you have to change your scheduling. You got to look at, okay, like, yeah, because Colorado schedule off. Colorado already has like, they're going to have to change the schedule because they're, they have a home and home with Kansas state and Houston on their future schedule. Right. Like it's, it's like moving houses. There may be a better house out there, but exactly. if it's not like way better than the one you're living in right now, do you really want to yeah. go through the process of moving? It's such a hassle and no one wants to do it. It's and more I think a, that yeah. was pretty clear with Colorado is they were like, if the option had been there for us to viably stay where we sit right now, we would have done that, but they did not believe that that viability existed within the pack. Yeah. And I was listening to the cover three podcast and what they said was like, they're there. I think it was buddy. LA was saying this, like with big 12 kind of focusing on or not focusing on, but kind of prioritizing and putting a value on their basketball side of things. Like most conferences don't like, they're just about football, but when they put a value on basketball, because like the big 10 and the sec and the ACC, these, all these schools, they, they put a priority on the NCAA tournament. And if you can have Kansas, if you can add Arizona, Baylor, Texas tech, all these schools that have like strong, basketball programs and if the the power five conferences do what they did with the college football playoff and they kind of divorce the tournament from the ncaa then you're going to want those teams in, involved in that and that's kind of that could possibly have the big 12 have staying power once acc's deal is up and whatever happens with the pac-12 happens you're going to be a viable conference because of your basketball for that reason. Yeah. I I've thought for roughly a decade now that we have been barreling towards some form of a roughly 64 team top tier of college sports, college football specifically. And I've, I felt like all of these arms races and these realignment things that have been going on since about 2011 have been, you know, putting us down this road where you get there. And it's kind of you, if you want to be relevant, you need to land somewhere in one of the conferences that's going to be part of that, that 64 team group. I, if you'd have asked me 10 years ago, I'd have told you the big 12 would probably be the one that died. And that the other, there would be like a power four of 16 team conferences. I don't think that's happening. It's like, we're moving to a power two. Let's be real here. When it comes to the money yes. that exists, the sec and the big 10 are the Kings. Like, we're not going to sit here and act like the Big 12 is is on par with them when it comes to the amount of money that that is being offered. And to be honest with you, nor should they. You know, it, 
the the Big Ten isn't blowing people's doors off with what they're doing on the field, but they got a lot of people that are big fans of those schools that watch them no matter what. It's the same thing with the SEC. They're bigger, um, you know, and more casual fans are willing to watch those games. That's fine. We can admit who we are, and that's that's why we're sitting where we are today is because we were okay with admitting who we were, and we got the TV deal that we did. But it would be really nice if what we end up seeing is some kind of three conference thing at the top and and the Big 12 gets to be standing there, albeit slightly behind the Big 10 in the SEC, but saying, hey, we survived all of this. We've we maybe don't have the Bama's and the Ohio State's and the USC's and the Texas's of the world, but we got everybody else. And in a 12 team playoff, we're still going to go in there and we're still going to compete. And I think you and I have said this a ton is the solution to, to the money problems long term and getting the eyeballs and people caring about you, the solution to that's winning. You know, the yeah. solution to that is is if you get into the, the 12 team playoff and you go win a couple of national titles, people are going to start paying attention to you. People didn't pay attention to Clemson a few years ago. People weren't paying attention to Auburn in 2000. You know, now they are. They, they go out, you go out there and you win a few times, you matter. Um, you know, look at Nebraska right now. Yeah, Nebraska gets eyeballs, but those eyeballs dwindle more and more and more. The longer Nebraska goes without being a powerhouse, the more those eyeballs dwindle. So um, it's the Big 12 has really, really postured themselves in a great place. Um, And don't boo me, Baylor fans, for what I'm about to say. But we honestly kind of have Texas and Oklahoma to thank for that. We are we are lucky in that Texas and Oklahoma jumped first, which allowed us to expand first. We went out and we got the best the group of five had to offer. There is no doubt that Central Florida Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, that was the best group out there that did not already exist in the Power Five. They are sitting in the Big 12 right now because Texas and Oklahoma left before USC and UCLA left. If USC and UCLA had left first, I can almost guarantee you BYU is probably sitting as a pack school right now and Houston's probably sitting at a pack school right now. I don't think they would have stretched as far as Cincinnati or UCF, but those two schools that are you know, a big part of the media deal that we got having Houston and having having a school like BYU with the worldwide, you know, interest that they bring because of the religious aspect of their school um, is a big part of why the Big 12 has this thirty one point seven million dollars per year guaranteed yeah. between Fox and ESPN. Yeah. And so that leads into like, what do you think is the the next thing? So you you've long been on the the side of like you didn't have faith that anyone would actually leave. Yeah, I didn't. I I thought, but now that Colorado has, I thought this would play out closer to, um, closer as as much as it's like the Big Twelve and what happened. It's also different than what's happened than what happened in the Big Twelve because of because of the dominoes that are left out there. So if we if we hop in a time machine and we go back to what happened in 2010, 11 and 12, when we were all going through this real time ourselves, the first the first go around when we lost Colorado, we lost Nebraska, we lost Missouri and we lost Texas A&M. We we were kind of lucky then in that we had a known commodity in TCU who was out there winning Rose Bowls, competing in Fiesta Bowls, um, you know, on on the national stage as a group of five team, along with Boise State at that time. But a much kind of bigger deal being in that Fort Worth market and having once been in the Southwest conference. We, it was like, okay, we can replace, you know, they're not A&M. They're not what A&M was, but they're close enough. We can bring them in. And then, you know what, West Virginia, they're not Nebraska, but they're probably, you know, they're probably were at that time on par with maybe a Mizzou or a Colorado that we lost. 
So we were able to kind of like make ourselves whole back then. And I fully expected the pack to kind of sit like that. And part of that reason was because I just, this whole time, Matt, I have assumed, and I'm on the record with this, I've assumed that they've had a TV deal on the table. That what has been happening has been that they just didn't like that TV deal and they were do- they were waiting till the last possible minute to make sure they got the best deal possible. Because there was, there was no scenario in my head that we've gone this long without them knowing what their future would be that schools wouldn't have jumped, that it would have happened before now. So I always thought like, okay, well, the only reason that the four corners haven't left is because they have to have seen something that says they're at least close to where the Big 12 is. Since Colorado has jumped, we've gotten more information, which is, George Klievkoff, the the you know commissioner of the Pac-12, hasn't presented them numbers ever, and it's all just been theory and conjecture and maybes, and this is what we yeah. could do, and this is what we're hearing. So, so Jason, that's what, that's what really got me. That's why I didn't think yeah. there would be any movement. But now that we know that, I'm surprised that they waited as long as they did, and I think we're about to see more dominoes fall than just Colorado. Yeah, so Jason Shear is reporting that the tomorrow that there is a, a meeting between the presidents of the pack, the remaining or the nine schools that are remaining in the Pac-12, and the commissioner, and that he's supposed to present a TV deal numbers tomorrow. Now I'm, I'm and the numbers are aren't expected to be good. Yeah, that was also reported by John Canzano and yeah. Stuart Mandel, like. It seems to be the consensus in the media right now that are covering this saga that, yes, there there will be numbers presented. So that means one of two things, Matt. One, either the Pac-12 and their leadership somehow since last Thursday, because they, they had a meeting last Thursday of all the school presidents yeah. and ADs, yeah. and no numbers were presented in that meeting. So that leads me to believe that either they've had a deal that they just that was so bad they couldn't they bring it to share their it. membership yeah yeah they couldn't show it to anybody or the only other option is somehow he he got a deal within the last what one two three days before today yeah so you know that that gave him friday saturday sunday somehow he was working with media partners over the weekend and friday afternoon or whatever to to kind of get a deal done I think it's closer to the former than the latter. I'm guessing I'm guessing he has some stuff in hand that he's had for a while, whether it be from Apple or Google or the CW or maybe even an ESPN or a Fox or something like that. Um, and it just hasn't been presented because he was thinking, well, this isn't going to be good enough for these members. But now it's, you know, shit or get off the pot time. And yeah, it's like it's like when you get given an assignment at work and you yeah. kind of put it off. And, and you, you know, and, and one day your boss finally, he's like, I have to see that project I gave you today. And you're like, oh crap. Yeah. That's how I feel that meeting is going to go tomorrow. And there's, there's also, there's, there's multiple layers to it. Cause like money is one thing. There's also like your, your reach, you know? So the big 12s deal is heavy linear with ESPN and Fox. Now there is a streaming component with ESPN plus for like, I think the third tier or tier three deal that a lot like Baylor has the two of Baylor's first three games are on ESPN plus. That's going to be a component to that. The problem with the PAC 12s deal is, or the fear, I guess I should say, is that it's going to be a heavy streaming deal 
in little to no linear presence on U.S. cable providers. Correct. And that's that's something else that Shear has reported on today is that what they're hearing, and this is, I'm guessing, you know, from his people that work at Arizona. Yeah. Or at least the sense that officials at Arizona have is that do not expect a big linear component to this. You know, it might be that you've got a couple of games a week, but everything else is streaming, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so, you know what the funny part would be in all of this? And just saying this without with taking my Baylor and my Big 12 hat off, the funniest part in this would be like, he presents a deal tomorrow that it's like, yeah, it's actually a pretty solid deal. And Colorado's like, well, crap, we could have stayed. I know. <laughs> and it's, and it's just that he's a really he's just really bad at his job and he thought he could yeah. get the 60 million or 70 million or whatever. Well, that's like the there's there's rumors circling that when this all started, like he went to Fox and ESPN, which, which are their current partners until July of 24 with an with a 500 million dollar number, like yeah. 50 million per school. And yep. he's never going to get that, especially after USC left. One of the things in uh, I think it was Ross Dellinger's article last week from USA Today was um, the big advantage that the Big 12 has had from day one and all of this is self-awareness. They knew who they were. And uh, I think the line that stuck out to me from his article the most was it talked about how the Pac-12 went into this trying to catch up to the Big 10. The Big 12 went into this saying, what do we have to do to stay viable and survive? Yeah, And that's why we did everything early. You know, uh, your Mark jumped in. He got the best deal that he could as uh, he could as soon as he got it. He got a pro rata clause in there, which is huge. That allows yeah. us to expand without needing a whole bunch of approvals. He did all this stuff because he was self-aware and he said, you know what? I'm not going to chase the Big Ten's number. I'm going to chase the best possible number for us that is palatable for the schools that I have. And, and that's what he yeah. went out there and did. Well, he um, was looking for the next. He was thinking about the next deal, not this deal. Right. It's keep every let's survive. Let's keep everybody let's together. Survive. Let's get to let's the keep next everybody deal. happy. And then we can maybe close the gap on the next deal. Yeah. Go win a couple national titles. And if you earn it, you, you have to go out there and earn this thing for, you know, the, there are schools that don't have to earn it. Ohio State. or uh, That's a bad example. They actually have won a national championship in the last 16 years. Um, Michigan. Yeah. Michigan's a great example. They haven't earned it. They really, really have not earned it, but they used to earn it a lot. For a long time. And, you know, a school like we root for Baylor didn't really start earning our, our way in college football until recently. We went through a really long time where we were really bad and we did not invest in sports. We just didn't, um, you know, go talk to the guys that were there in the late 90s and the early 2000s and think about the facilities that we had and the investment that was there and how much the fans cared and how much the city cared. It just didn't exist like it did at a place like Ann Arbor. Um, but we're finally getting there. So now, now's your opportunity. Now's your opportunity to go out there and earn it. Maybe, maybe in 2031, you sit back and maybe you catch up to the Big Ten a little bit. You may not ever get there, but you get closer and you're, and you're not sitting in the shoes that Oregon State is sitting in right now or that Washington State is sitting in right now, which is, you know, pledging pledging their allegiance to a sinking ship because they have no other allegiance to pledge to. Um, but it's been fascinating. And I know I, I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear something tomorrow. And that something may be that there's nothing new to hear. But because that meeting is happening tomorrow, because something is being presented, somebody's going to leak it. 
we're going to hear at least a rumor about what was said. And we're either going to say, wow, what a crazy job George did, or we're going to continue dancing on the pack's grave. Um, Matt, we, we've talked in the past to what we thought was going to I said I didn't think people were going to move this yeah. cycle. What's What does the Matt Workman, if you're looking into to your palant here, your crystal ball here, mm-hmm. what, what do you think happens this week? By you know, end of day Friday, you're going to bed. What has happened? I think it's nothing concrete, but I think that there's a lot of more like smoke of like Arizona's leaving for the Big 12. Because I don't think if you based on what like what Jason Shear's reporting that it's going to be very little linear and then they may even have like escalators because the number is going to be so low, but they're going to be like if so many people subscribe or have so much ratings, you get like a escalator clauses. I don't I don't personally think that's a signable deal for the Pac-12 presidents, but or especially few of them, uh, Arizona being one. So I think you're going to hear more of. I don't know if you'll have like a full on like. Colorado like board of regents meetings because I think Arizona and Arizona state, they, they share a board. So, but from all I've understood, like Arizona's free to do what they want to do. They, they're not tied to Arizona state. So um, I think you'll see more like, I think Arizona's going to join the big 12. So that seems to be where the smoke is. And yeah. a lot of, a lot of the group chats and, you know, Twitter posts and backroom DMs and discords that I've seen today are eerily similar to what we saw the day before everything went down with Colorado. But the day before we got a Pete Thamel tweet, which, like you mentioned, like once he tweets it, it's like, OK, this thing's real. Um, You know, no no offense to Jason Shear or anything, but like, you know, it's he's not Thamel's not a 247 writer. You know, like this is a you're talking about one of the biggest of the big dogs in the sport. And everything that I've heard today around Arizona, again, eerily similar to what we heard about Colorado, which is the faith that they have in the conference commissioner is all but gone. They are tired of waiting. They have had they have given him ample opportunity to present to them things that he keeps promising. It's going to be better. Waiting is better. We keep seeing all these new partners, all this stuff that he said for a year now. They're waiting for it to come to fruition, and it hasn't happened. So they're going to give him this one final shot which is similar to what happened at Colorado. Because if you remember a couple of days before Colorado jumped ship, they had a meeting and Colorado was expecting to see numbers. Numbers were not presented. They walked out and they gave the big 12 a call. And that's when all that went down. So from what I have heard, the rumors are that Colorado has basically already met as a group or not Colorado, Arizona um, unofficially. And they've kind of made the decision of like, Hey, if, if what happens at that meeting with George if it's not, if it doesn't blow us out of the water, we're gone. And the Big 12 is fully aware of that and ready to accept them with, with open arms. Of course, all of this would be unofficial, you know, the backroom conversations, the back channels. Um, so, yeah, I do think that probably by Wednesday, I would expect, uh, you know, again, unless there's some kind of crazy Hail Mary here on a, on a deal that looks awesome, I'm expecting to see Arizona jump ship. That's not even the fun part of what I expect to happen this week. Because if Arizona leaves and you're down now down to eight, you can't make this you you, you got you can't keep making this argument that well San Diego State and Colorado San Diego State and Colorado State are not Colorado and Arizona they're just not you know UNLV is not going to do it for you Colorado you know uh, Boise State's not going to do it for you I'm sorry they're just not so 
when you start getting down to eight, um, that's worrisome for everybody else. And on top of that, if somebody jumps ship after seeing numbers, so let's be clear, Colorado jumped ship because they had not yet seen numbers. They got tired of waiting for them. So they jumped ship. They didn't trust their conference commissioner because he wasn't delivering on what he said he was going to. They didn't even give him the opportunity to give them numbers. So tomorrow, if somebody jumps ship after seeing them, that means it's over for Washington and Oregon. They're going somewhere. Because if it's not good enough for Arizona, if Arizona looks at a deal and says, that's not enough money for us, I cannot see a world in which Oregon and and Washington sit back and say, well, you know what? That sounds pretty good. Why don't we go ahead and add in these group of five schools from the Mountain West? And that might even make it better. It's just not possible. The question at that point then turns into, is the Big Ten ready to take those two schools? Or is the Big 12 going to be the group that sits there with, with open arms? And if it's the Big 12, because let's say the Big Ten's not ready to expand again, what what's that mean for Utah? What's that mean for Arizona State? Mm-hmm. Um, and if the Big Ten is there to say, come on over, you know, fine, we'll take you now. I think that pretty much completes the the coup that the Big 12 has pined for for a while, which is those four corners, adding Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State. So the Big 12 is sitting pretty right now. And unless yeah. something that no one expects, no one expects that deal tomorrow to be good. I have not seen a, not even the Pac-12 shills, Matt, are sitting here on Twitter saying, you know, hey guys, expect, you know, it's going to be surprising. You guys are going to be surprised by what George has pulled off. And I don't think he's going to present a deal. I don't even think, I think he may present like a framework. If he does that, he's it's over. He, There's no, if he does that, he's got to get fired. I just don't think, regardless, I don't think he has yet a signable deal for his membership or he would have already presented, like you said. Yeah, like that's where I'm blown away. I mean, this has been going on since for over a year. Yeah, it's like it's like the Big Twelve officials talked about. If you have a deal, you scream it from the mountaintops. They got a bad deal from ESPN and Fox. That's why they went to the market, and they haven't had any bidders who are willing to pay. It's it's possible they got no deal. Oh, from ESPN and Fox, or like if they or because the reporting over the last week has been like Apple's interested, but they want. They want it all. They don't want just yeah, like Apple wants games. everything. If they, and it's if not going to be at a number that is close to the Big Twelve. The other problem with Apple is it's going. It would. I can't imagine a scenario where it's not in line with their MLS model. So if you're so not yeah, aware, Apple point. has has the full rights to all MLS games in America, but it's it's an add on to Apple TV Plus. So if you pay the whatever, so you're already like, paying like five bucks a month or whatever for. Apple TV Plus. It's like 14 a month on top of it. Unless yeah. you have a T-Mobile account. It's free with T-Mobile. Um but yeah, you have to pay you have to get the subscription to Apple and then pay for a second subscription to MLS. So I would assume if it's an Apple deal, what we're seeing is okay, yep, we're going to be on Apple, but you have to subscribe to Apple TV Plus, then you have to pay for the add-on package, which means you're going to end up I think for the MLS, I want to say it's 14.99. So if Apple TV is five bucks a month, you're paying 20 bucks a month at, at separate from what you're already paying for ESPN and ESPN plus and everything else. Like you're paying separate yeah. from that 20 bucks a month to be able to watch Pac-12 games. That's that's just not doable. And people don't search out Pac-12 football. No. Like if it's you, on it's, ESPN, you can, you can make fun of the Big 12 for being on ESPN thing. plus as much as we are. There's there's plenty. I've seen it plenty of times in the last couple of years. But guess what? People already have it. 
You don't but, have to go. Everybody's already got it. But everyone's on ESPN Plus. Exactly. Like Big Ten's on ESPN Plus. SEC's on ESPN. SEC games are on ESPN Plus. I mean, if you're part of the, if you're in business with ESPN, some games are going to be on their streaming platform. Right. And and but like I said, like the important aspect there is we're all already paying for ESPN. You know, there's yeah. already a Disney, Hulu, yeah. ESPN Plus deal. College football fans are already paying. If you're a college football fan, you're already paying for ESPN Plus. Right. Like, and it. so the question is, if you're a fan in Gainesville, Florida, who wants to watch college football after dark, are you going to pay 20 bucks extra a month to watch Stanford Cal, Oregon State no. versus Utah? Or are you just going to turn it on to ESPN2 instead of paying 20 bucks a month and you get to watch a Mountain West game? Like, I, I legit, like we're not even going to talk about the possibilities for Big 12 after dark in this scenario now that we have Colorado and, and BYU. Like, let's just talk about what already exists. You know, Utah State versus Colorado State. You're going to watch that for free because it's not free, but you're already paying for it. It's part of your cable package. It's already on. You're, you're flipping through the channels. It's 9 p.m. Yeah, cool. I'll throw this on. You're not going to pull out your phone and stream it. You're not going to go to your smart TV app. Plus, let's be honest, like 40% of this country has Androids. I know everybody has iPhones, but it's only the, the market share for iPhone 60% in the United States. I'm an Android person. I only have one TV in my household that has Apple TV as a native app, which means like if I want to watch in my living room or if I want to watch in my bedroom, I, I use Chromecast. Chromecast is not an option on Apple TV Plus. So the only way for me to watch Apple, like anything that's on Apple TV on like on a TV in my home is I have to like, cast my full screen which destroys my battery because i have to cast and play it on my phone at the same time it's 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 all kinds of messed up so and like anytime i watch ted lasso i have to go to like the biggest tv that i have which has it as a native app first world problem i know but i'm definitely not the only person in the united states that has that issue it's not like it's the most like anybody can use this friendly app there's still a significant portion of the country that isn't going to have Apple as a native app on their television and isn't going to have it as an available app on their phone because Apple and Google don't get along. So it's a mess, Matt. It's a mess. You know, there, yeah. and, and then not to mention, there's other things going, you know, the ACC just announced that like the, the deal that they had with Raycom is going away and now they're going to have some games on the CW, which is actually a, a big deal for them. That's like, it's, it's better well, yeah. than what they had before. Yeah. That brings up the point of there's only so many slots available it's yeah, not already C- what did the up. cw just do matt so they, they just, got they got acc games on saturday now and, and then they just signed nascar yeah so and they ba- the cw basically came out and said our saturdays are full in the fall like i thought that was hilarious that they basically came out and said yep we're done well they're probably done dealing with the pac-12 too and and like espn already has the big 12 cbs SEC. just got has a game of the week from the big 10 NBC also has has a component with the Big Ten as well, along plus with Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Plus, yeah, plus Notre Dame. Um, you have Mountain West has deals with ESPN. Fox has us. ESPN has us. Mm-hmm. There's Fox just has Big Ten. Yeah, I mean they're they're coming through like there's not enough slots available for the inventory, right? So that leads me to think, yeah, it's going to be heavy. Like it may be like an Apple or Amazon or something like that. But initially reported that Amazon just wanted like a game of the week. Correct. 
they don't want a whole and Apple's opposite. You know, they want the whole whole thing. Yeah. And from everything I've read, Amazon would be like, yeah, we'd be more than happy to buy a game from you. So, yeah, there's still a possibility that you could go full Apple, then sub license to ESPN. Like they, the MLS does that to like with Fox, I think. For like MLS games on on Fox, but it's it's like a game of the week. And Apple's not going to want to sub license their best games to ESPN. Right. Why am I doing this? Because they want Google, people to pay for uh, that. I think Google's out too because Google just bought NFL Sunday tickets. So they're kind of just waiting to see how that's going to play out for them. Yeah. So it's not like there could be some kind of YouTube TV creates a Pac-12 network. Yeah. So if I was guessing, I'm guessing what it's going to present is, again, I think it's just a framework from Apple. And with here's the baseline number, but with these escalators, like so many subscriptions to the Pac-12 package, we could get this much money, which – Again, I don't think that's a signable deal. Right. It's almost like one of those full commission jobs. Yeah. Where, where all right, you get paid based off of how many people subscribe. You could make $150,000 a year, but yeah. your base commission is 30 grand. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's in chaos. And I just don't think, I don't know if it'll go away, the Pac 12, like if you do have like an exodus of teams, because they'll probably just backfill with Mountain West teams. But like, I don't think they can, but they can't until 2025 because of what's of the bylaws for the mountain. That's what San Diego state came across. Well, It's possible. They would just have to pay $34 million to leave. Well, that's what I'm saying, but you're going to add, you know, San Diego state, Colorado state, Boise. I mean, all these teams would have to pay that 34 million. SMU would be cheap. I believe SMU is only about 10 million to leave. So you could, you could pull them. So if, but um, that's if you hold everyone together, you can add one more team to replace Colorado. Yeah, it's going to I still think it's going to have to be a lot for Oregon and Washington to stick around. It's going to have to be really good for Arizona to stick around. And I just I don't well, know. Yeah. I think if you lose one more, if you fall to eight, I don't see how you keep it. So if Arizona leaves, I just don't see how you keep Washington and Oregon around. And if you've lost Colorado, Arizona, Oregon and Washington. There's no that's not viable anymore. It's just not even even if you add SMU, UNLV, San Diego State and Boise State, let's say, or maybe Colorado State is one of those. Who knows? Let's let's say you're able to add four schools in. I just I if if what they're being offered today isn't viable, how is it going to be more viable with that? Yeah, I just find it every hard school to, you lose makes things worse. I, I find it hard to believe that. Um, Oregon or Washington would go to the Big 12. I feel like they have. They think more of themselves, yes, than than that. But I also don't think I also think that they would say, "Is it you know?" Let's just just to throw a number out. You know, the Big Twelve gets thirty one point seven, thirty one point eight. That's what their 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 baseline TV deal is. After all the like all the different tiers of media rights, bowl payouts, everything like that, at the end of the year, Big Twelve schools are making north of forty million dollars per season. All right, that's that's the way you can look at it. It's like forty-two to forty-five, I think, is where they. Land. Yeah, I think this past fiscal year or their last revenue, it was like forty-four. Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit more than that moving forward. Um, so you, maybe we're talking like forty-seven. Let's just say, let's just say it's a clean fifty after all is said and done. You know, the Big Ten still going to probably be making like seventy-five, eighty when all when all is said and done. Out, you know, when you add up all of the revenue that they bring in, they're going to be make it's still significantly more. But yeah, let's just. For, for easy numbers, let's say it's 50. If the pack finds a way to make it 30 and you're Oregon and Washington, 
are you going to leave $20 million a year on the table for eight years out of principle? Yeah. To wait for no, the big 10. You're not. You're going to, you're going to go, you're going to chase the money and you're going to say, okay, I'd rather make $20 million a year extra. And if, and maybe, maybe we come in and we find a way to negotiate to where like, if we want to leave, we only have to pay two years of grant of rights or something. Who knows? It, you know, I'd be, I'd be intrigued to see how your mark does that deal, but I'm going to like, if it's, if it's 20, let's just say, let's say it's $20 million. This deal goes to 2031. So that's seven years. That's $140 million you're leaving on the table just to say you're in the pack. I, I can't see those schools doing that. I can't see them giving up that much money. I know. Just can't. I can't see it. So they, if he doesn't present something tomorrow that blows them out of the water, or at least makes them feel closer to us than everybody thinks they are. I think the whole thing falls apart. And I think what you may end up seeing is the death of the pack by the end of this week, because those numbers are finally going to be put out in the open. If Arizona bolts and then Washington and Oregon bolt, maybe, you know, and then we get a situation where maybe they bolt and, and Utah and Arizona state find a place to land. My guess is most likely that uh, Cal and Stanford probably just go independent. You know, they don't out of all the schools that are involved in this, they're the quietest. They seem to care the least. Um, They don't seem to be really taking this very seriously, which is kind of on brand for what they care about as universities. And that's, that's fine. They do really good as universities. They do really cool stuff. So I'm not, I'm not, not downplaying them here. It's just, I don't think football and athletics in general are, you know, they're good at them. Stanford wins lots of national titles and things that aren't football. But I just think at the end of the day, they're like, yeah, we'll compete. We still get kids that want to come here to go to school. Um, Absolutely. And I think you'll probably see Oregon state and Washington state land in the mountain West. So complete shift from Joe Goodman, just a little under a month ago, like three weeks ago saying, I didn't think we'd see anything to now me basically saying goodbye to the Pacific conference. Yes. And let's both of us shift gears and take a look at West Virginia's schedule this year. A school that was part of the death of the conference not too long ago. Yes. A big time back in the old days for you youngins that might not be aware when the power six existed and schools like Miami were winning national championships out of a conference called the Big East. The Big East. What's fun here, Matt, is there are two schools now involved in the Big 12 that both wear black and gold that uh, are kind of uh, bellwethers for for what happens in realignment because Colorado was a big school in the shift of the Big 12 when that first happened. And if you guys aren't aware, the reason that West Virginia is in the Big 12 is because the Big East dissolved. The Big East dissolved after UCF tried to join USF said no to them. And if they would have joined, there was like a huge TV deal for the time. It was like 30 million a year, which was a lot, you know, a decade ago um, that was on the table for the big East to take. And they didn't take it. And South Florida blocked UCF from entering. And that eventually caused the complete collapse and downfall of the big East. And today we have West Virginia sitting, sitting with us and partying in Morgantown whenever the big 12 does something. So um Moral of the story, don't piss off Colorado and UCF. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, let's let's talk some West Virginia football, Matt. Matt, uh, to just to complete the segue, let's remind people, where was West Virginia picked to finish in the Big 12 media poll this year? 14 out of, out four, of 14. 
14 out of 14. Is that what place would that be? Last place. Last place. Nobody below you. So the one advantage that West Virginia has this season is it can't get any worse than people think it'll be. And Neil Brown was pissed about it. (laughs) If you heard his media day press conference and then subsequent interviews, he was was a little bit upset about being picked last. Well, you know, maybe do something about it (laughs) before the year, like in all the years prior. I can't believe we lost to them last year. It still pisses me off every day. I watched some I watched some clips of that game today, so we looked worse than we were and they looked better than they were. That's like that's it's it's just one of those games, man. It was uh yeah. But um we'll run through their schedule now. We'll talk about where we expect them to finish. Um, spoiler alert, not great. If you've listened to our other preview episodes, you have heard us talk about um, West Virginia seven times. We've already predicted seven of their games and some of our other previews. Um, and uh, sp- I'll spoil it right now. Only one of us has picked West Virginia to win a game in those seven. So Matt and I, neither of us are high on them. I think we both voted West Virginia in last place as well in our media polls for the Big 12 um, so this one will be pretty quick. We will have seven straight games on their schedule that we've already picked, but the first four and the last one we haven't. So Matt, I will dive right in. We have our first game on West Virginia's schedule. It's a road game. It is a night game, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC, nationally broadcast or possibly Peacock. It says NBC slash Peacock on my screen. So I'm assuming right. it's going to be on both. Um, So Peacock being NBC streaming service, then, of course, NBC being um, the big time deal. And of course, it's against a Big Ten school, one of the NBC's newest partners in that game on the road at Beaver Stadium in University Park, Pennsylvania. They head out to face off against the preseason number eight Penn State Nittany Lions. Matt, does West Virginia shock the world and say, hey, we may have been picked last in the Big 12 but we're going to go beat up on a big 10 power on the road. And one of the toughest places to play in the country in week one at night at Beaver stadium. Does West Virginia win this game, Matt? No, absolutely not. I mean, Penn state, they're going to compete for like a big 10 title. So it's like, I don't have any confidence. West Virginia will uh, win this game. Yeah, uh, I think this is a zero shot. I'm probably going to take, I will, I can't bet because I live in Texas, but if I did bet, um, like I would, I would probably take whatever the line was on, on Penn State in this game. But it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't see any realm of possibility where West Virginia goes on the road week one with everybody in that stadium fired up at night. Again, it's it's one of the toughest places to play in the country, especially in night games. You're going to have those pom-poms rocking. It's going to be loud. Yeah, they're going to get the doors blown off of them. Yeah. All right. Next up, Matt, we've got uh, another just absolute powerhouse game here. Um, as they come back home to face off against perennial powerhouse out of, I don't even know what conference, and I'm never sure I pronounced the school's name right. Uh, the Duquesne Dukes. And again, this will be at home. This game already scheduled to be on ESPN plus at 5 p.m. Central time. Um, so sort of, you know, an evening game there in West Virginia. Matt, I'm taking this as a win for West Virginia. Yeah, me too. All right. So congrats, Neil Brown. 
you're you, you've won a game. You're now one and one on the season, according to the bared in metrics here. Uh, now it gets a little bit tougher. Another night game, except this one still at home. Uh, so they have a home and home. This is the backyard brawl, I think is what it's called. One of the oldest college football rivalries of all time. This goes back to the Big East days against the Pitt Panthers. They welcome in it, welcome them into Mor- Mountaineer Field in Morgantown, West Virginia. Man, I'm there's too many M's and P's in my my talking right now. Um, Mountaineer Field, Morgantown, West Virginia. Pitt Panthers had to play against uh, West Virginia. This was a tight game last year. West Virginia played them really close um, at Heinz Field. I don't even know what it's called. It used to be called Heinz Field up there in Pennsylvania. Um, gave Pitt a game. Pitt ultimately ran away with it at the end. Did they get some revenge this year, Matt, at home, or does Pitt hang on and win this game? I think Pitt wins this game. Um, so I just don't think that, um, I think they're a better team. I mean, plain and simple, I just think they're a better team than West Virginia. Okay. I don't disagree with you. I think they are a better team, but. This is, I again, I think this is one of those throw the records out, throw the talent out the window, and we're just going to grid it out. I think if this game probably gets played at West Virginia last year, it wouldn't have surprised me if West Virginia had won the game. Um, they just didn't quite have the horses at the end, and I feel like maybe that that home field vibe might have pushed them over the top. Um, again, they'll be one and one at this point. I don't, think it, I don't think the wind will be fully out of the sails of the West Virginia faithful at this point in the year. Oh, am I back? I just got a yeah. message on my screen that says that your internet connection is unstable. Yeah, we you dropped out anyway, for a second. I just went on a rant. I'm I'm take, taking West Virginia to actually win this game. Okay. So you have them at two and um I'm sorry. One, yeah, two and you one. You got them at one and two. Yeah. Now we're gonna go into one of only two Big 12 games that we have not picked for them this year. Um, this is their third home game in a row, Matt. They welcome in what will likely be a preseason ranked team, um, a red and black team out of Lubbock, Texas. The fight and Joey McGuire's head to town at Mountaineer Field. The Texas Tech Red Raiders first conference game of the season. Does West Virginia get back on the winning streak for you, Matt? Do they go two and two or are they going to drop down to one and three? Uh, Reckham Tech. Reckham Tech is what Matt says. Matthew, I'm going to agree with you here. I don't think this is going to be um, a good one for for West Virginia. I think Tech is going to be much stronger. And now, as I mentioned, we're about to have a run of seven games on this schedule that we have already picked. So I'll run through these. We pretty much agree on all of them except for one. And it does not look good for Neil Brown's crew. So um, I'll give you what the, the the overall record is once we get to their last game of the year. But uh, next up, they've got on the road in Fort Worth at TCU. We picked this game. We both picked TCU to win. So that's another loss for West Virginia. Week after that, they finally get an off week and then they go back on the road. So yet another conference road game for them, two in a row. This one already has a TV slot as well. It'll be 6 p.m. Central Time on Fox Sports 1. They head to play one of the newbies in Houston, Texas at TDECU Stadium against the Houston Cougars. Matt. You and I both picked Houston to win this game. So that's another loss for West Virginia. After that game, they finally get a reprieve. Go home. Mountaineer Field. Don't have a time for this one yet, but they welcome in the Oklahoma State Cowboys, another team that you and I are kind of low on. But we both picked Oklahoma State to win this one. So yet another loss. They head back out on the road after that 
to face off against the University of Central Florida Knights at FBC Mortgage Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Guess what? No surprise here, everybody. We both picked UCF to win that game. So another loss for West Virginia. They had to come back home after that. They don't, man, they really don't get any home streaks this year. Um, they come back home after playing at UCF. They play against BYU. We both picked BYU to win this game. So another loss for West Virginia. They head back on the road again. So like I said, no, no home streaks here. It's road like conference play for them is home, road, road, home, road, home, road, home, road. Like they this is not a great schedule if you're a season ticket holder. But Head back out on the road. Gaylord family, Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. The last time these two teams will probably ever play um, to face off against the Oklahoma Sooners in their last last season in the Big 12. Matt, no surprise here. We both picked Oklahoma to win that game. So yet another loss. So that's now, uh, let's see. Uh, I think that's eight losses in a row now for you. And I've got seven losses in a row now to them. Um, finally, the last one that we have already picked. They head back home. They face off against another newcomer in Cincinnati. Matt, you actually picked Cincinnati to win this game. So you have stopped the bleeding for West Virginia. I picked Cincinnati to win this game. So I have them yet another loss, which gives me what? Like eight straight losses now that I've got. Yeah. You had eight straight losses earlier. So we both now are sitting at what? Two and nine. Yeah, we're both sitting at two and nine on the year. Heading into the last game of the season for West Virginia, most likely Neil Brown's not their coach at this point, but their final game, they're not playing for anything. There's no bowl eligibility here. It's just for, please, Lord, let this season end. They head to McLean Stadium in Waco, Texas to close their season out against the Baylor Bears. So, Matt, I need a choice from you. Does West Virginia head into Waco and snag a win or does Baylor take out the Mountaineers? I think Baylor takes out the Mountaineers. I mean, these teams just don't seem to win on the road against each other. No, never. So it's like it's just not possible. So I just think that you know it's it's in Waco, so it's gonna come up a Baylor win. And right. there is I, a there's a lot of like quit factor going into this because like like you said, I had him like eight straight losses up until Cincinnati. You had him eight straight losses up until Baylor game. So I think, I don't know how much a fight they're really going to have left in them by this point. Yeah, this is quitting time. Uh, I agree with you. Baylor wins that game, which puts us at a prediction of two and 10 for the West Virginia Mountaineers in, in 2023, two and 10. I've got them losing my God, nine straight games to close out the year. And you're, your only wins that you've got them having are Duquesne and Cincinnati. Mine are Duquesne and Pitt, but we've got them losing to absolutely everybody else. No faith in in the West Virginia Mountaineers. Um, feel and you're free. right about their schedule. I mean, their schedule doesn't help them just because of the on and off nature of it. Yeah, it's, it's like you just... can't go on a run because even if you have a home game, you're going on the road to tough environments two times in a row back to a home game back on the road. They, they've only got six home games and one of them's against Duquesne. So it's like, you know, out of your tough games on the season, only five of them are at well, it's, home. It's that non-con. It's like you're going to Penn state. It's like your, your non-con scheduling killed you because you could have had a, a, 
you know, a group of five. At least they're school. not going to pit like they did last year. Well, I know. Just beat. But I mean, when you, you add in that road game against Penn State, it's like it doesn't do you any favors. Yeah, and and the stretch that they have where they've got TCU on the road, Houston on the road, UCF on the road, three out of four games. Yeah. Where you're traveling. And, you know, TCU, that's not a short trip. Houston's not a short trip. UCF, it's a shorter trip, but you know, not the shortest in the world. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're lucky. It, you know, I mean, TCU, it's September 30th. It might not be crazy hot, but it might be October 12th. At Houston, it shouldn't be super hot. So I guess the luck that they've pulled is they're not like dealing with what Iowa State's had to deal with in Waco, which is like super hot games. But well, it's 6 p.m. So, yeah, so it's even if it's warm, it's going to be not as hot as it could be. And let's be real, like the road games that they have, like Penn State, tough, one of the toughest places to play in the country. Hands down, no no debate. It's tough to play there. You know, you've got at TCU. They're coming off of a national championship appearance. That play, they're going to sell more season tickets this year than they've ever sold in their history. So that place is going to be rocking. Uh, he, at Houston, not the toughest place in the world to play, but we'll see. The jury's out on how excited they're going to be in the Big Twelve this year. But then at UCF at the bounce house, that's not an easy place to play. At Oklahoma, that's not an easy place to play. And then at Baylor at the last game of the season, it might be a tough place to play if Baylor's good. Might be an easy place to play if Baylor doesn't perform this year. But you know, these aren't these aren't cakewalk road games that they've got. You know, they've got some big time places to play, especially. I mean, just saying you've got Penn State, UCF, and Oklahoma on the road, ignoring ignoring Houston, TCU, and Baylor, that those three places are not easy to play. So um yeah. definitely up there in the rankings of toughest places to play country every single year at those three spots uh, yeah not a whole lot of faith i mean in, your last four expect. games aren't cakewalks when no. you have like byu at home at oklahoma cincinnati at home at baylor so not a whole lot of faith in the mountaineer faithful uh if you think we're wrong just snip at this and then prove me wrong at the end of the year laugh at me i'll take it I'll be like the the Utah pig bus guy who was saying that Colorado wasn't leaving and then took it when they did. So did you see the pig yeah, bus guy, by the way? I did. Yeah, that guy's funny. I love how some people have like doubled down. He's really the only one that's like, you know what? I was wrong. I Everyone think it was all a bit. It's he kind got, of turned. He got so much engagement off of that. Oh, yeah. But it's also like the, the narrative shifted. Going back to the Pac-12 is like from no one's going to leave to like, it's not that big of a loss. The Colorado leader. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be West Virginia this year. Like, and you can we see had it. to be this bad. So we could finally be rid of Neil Brown. Boy, which if they are as bad as me and you think they are like, Neil Brown's not making it past like Texas tech. Oh, correct. From everything we understand, the only reason that Neil Brown is still the head coach there is because of his buyout. So he may make it to October. Cause I don't know when that buyout drops, but if you go off of like lost Pitt, lost Texas Tech, lost at TCU, lost at Houston, yeah, like you're not gonna make it to the UCF game, definitely, and you may not make it to the Houston yeah. game. Depending, yeah, he, on, may, he may not. Yeah. So, I'm I'm on yeah. um, I'm on uh, FBS schedules right now, just kind of uh, you know, looking at the West Virginia schedule, and they have some news articles over to the right, and one of them says ETSU Elon schedule home and home. And I was like, I got really thrown off seeing Elon on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to amend, like last week we talked about Texas and 
I did a little bit more digging. And so I wanted to amend my predictions. Okay. So I want to, I think they're going to beat Alabama and be 10 and two. You are going to, all right. So let me go into my green book of goodness that I've been tracking all of this stuff in as I, I quite literally have a green notebook where I write all this down. So we are going to change you from a zero to a one over here. And you're going to switch them from a nine and three to a 10 and two. It's noted in the official Baird in book, Matt. All right. You guys heard it here first. He's picking, he's picking UT to beat Bama. The Longhorn, the Longhorn blood in him flows strong still. Well, also, it's like I didn't, I was listening to some other podcasts are doing like conference previews and they did an SEC one. I didn't realize that Alabama doesn't have a quarterback. Like, and they, yeah, like some people picking them like nine and three. Which isn't a bad year for most teams, but for Alabama, it's catastrophic. But yeah, that's uh, that's world ending. So, but yeah, it's great for Paul Feinbaum's rankings or ratings. Yeah, and we oh yeah for sure. Man, we could both be wrong, and they could be very good, and which just means that Texas has a loss. So it's kind of a win-win for me. So you're picking a ten-win Texas team on their way out. I got it. I got it written down, Matt. Matt, All right. real quick, just. Quick, fi- quick, hit, quick, hip fire! What conference is the University of Oregon in next week on Monday, week from today? Where are they? Uh, the Pacific Conference, whatever the number is. I All think right, there's... You, they're still going to be there on Monday of next week. Got it? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to say it right here for the la- like the last sports thing that we say on the podcast today. The University of Oregon on Monday of next week will be a Big Twelve school. There you go. You heard it here first, folks. All right. So as everybody knows, if you listened last week, we'll just remind you, we are standing a bit in solidarity with the actors and writers of the world who are currently on strike, um, uh, renegotiating their deals with the studios out there, kind of fighting for the livelihoods of the folks that don't make millions of dollars in the entertainment industry. Um, so in solidarity with them, we normally do have our little pop culture ending, uh, but we've already had plenty of content in this episode. Number one, running pretty long, just talking about realignment and number two, we want to stand with them and we're not going to really talk about a whole bunch of media stuff anymore. And so that kind of stuff gets resolved, but a reminder, they are not asking for a consumer boycott. So do not feel guilty or worry about going and watching your favorite stuff or going to the movies to see Barbie or Oppenheimer or whatever you're planning on seeing. Um, Absolutely go see that stuff. Still support your favorite content creators. Um, definitely support stuff uh, from studios like A24, who have already agreed to all the terms and are back to oh. writing and producing. So, Speaking uh, of, did you, did you see the release that A24 teased about the Von, did, Von Erics? I did not. <clears throat> so, oh, is that the, is that the uh, Zac Efron movie? Yeah. Okay. So like the Von Erics are like a... Like, Wrestling, wrestling right? family from yeah. Texas, but then they have like Zach Efron's playing in it, and then the actor from The Bear, um, I think Jeremy Allen Watt, I think is his name. Um, he's also going to be in it, and so it's a twenty four, and it looks like it should be really good. So I'm excited about that, and I hope they have all this wrapped up by October six because I saw the new Loki trailer, and uh, I really want to talk about that show. 
Yeah, and we got Ahsoka. So yeah, I kind of tapped out on Secret Invasion. Yeah, I heard it's terrible. Have you watched any of it yet? No, but I saw yeah. Nick Pant say it was bad. So yeah, I tapped out, quit, and just like stopped. <laughs> gotcha. All right, so that's all the media talk for today. Yeah, there you go. We like a twenty-four. Be like a twenty-four. Yeah, a twenty-four. All right. Well, you heard it here first. I'm saying it. Oregon to the Big 12. It's going to happen. Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.